Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. F.B. Meyer said, Those who disagree with us vent their grumblings on their wives and friends out of our hearing. Let's make sure we don't judge ourselves by men's praise or a lack thereof. Hearing some positive feedback after a well-taught study can be a very great encouragement. Let's not be silly. But but if you seek to judge your teaching abilities by the praise or, or, or what we might say encouraging feedback of men, you are in for a grand ride emotional roller coaster. The praise of men and the praises of men are not always a reliable measuring rod. <clears throat> we were taught in preaching school that the person who comes to you first and tells you all about how great you are and how how junky the last guy was is going to be the snake in the grass who's going to do the same thing to you after you're gone. That's a true story. The ones who come and seek to encourage you are often people who do love you and they want you to know that. Um, it is rare that those who thought... You know, maybe your introduction was confusion, your delivery was challenging to sit through. Um, maybe you had a story to illustrate something, but it seemed to just be disconnected altogether. Um, maybe your joke offended them, your conclusion was weak, whatever the point. It's a rare thing that those who, who think these things will come and tell you these things. Very rarely do the ones who disagree with you or, or spot an error or mistake in your interpretation of a passage... Uh, will rarely come up and say anything. Uh, and even when they do, they'll often, you know, still tell you, hey, great job, because they don't want to discourage you. Uh, you know, I, I lost you here, but but the rest of the sermon was great. I want you to know what it meant to me, whatever. And if we could hear some of the comments and complaints about our preaching in the car rides home, <laughs> um, as husbands are venting to their wives or, or wives to the husband or the kids to the whatever, we would we would probably be brought to our knees and very greatly humbled. So we've got to be careful. Don't don't bask in the compliments that you receive and think that you have arrived as a preacher. Uh, if you look at yourself through the eyes of those who love you and compliment you on your fine job of teaching and preaching, you'll be tempted to be prideful, uh, and you're going to be content with where you are as a preacher. And if you think that you are a great teacher, uh, that, uh, that, that could throw any desire to improve. That, that's not a good place to be. You also need to be careful not to read too much into those times when a criticism does come across your way and uh, no one has an encouraging word for you after, you, after you've after you preached, uh, maybe a humdinger. If you mull those situations around over too long in your mind, you're, you're going to be prone to abandon your post uh, prematurely and you're going to waste valuable time, you know, really sulking in depression. Uh, this can happen. I've seen it done to folks. Um, I remember maybe a few years into my own personal ministry, I would get frustrated when people did not show up to something that I planned for their good. Um, time after time, people would people would not be as zealous, not be as in, in, enthusiastic, or not be as supportive to an event that I thought, this is going to be great for them. They just simply would not show up, and my, my bubble would burst. Uh, but then I found out that what that does is that showing me realistically that I, I feel as though they're disapproving of me. Uh, or that they are um, they're they're not supportive of me, or they don't um, whatever. I was thinking of me too much. When when a person says no to me, I need to understand that they're really saying no to Jesus for the most part. 
they're 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 saying yes to the world or yes to Satan. They're saying yes to their time. They're saying yes to whatever else, anything else other than what I have going on, uh, or what I have put on for them, or or what I have um, you know worked hard to to produce for them. And so there, there's a whole miscommunication there of, of where our hearts need to be. I need to be focused on pleasing the Lord. And if somebody doesn't want to come drink the water that's being poured, uh, then it's just water on the ground for their part. Are we sad for them? Yes. But that's not why we do it. Um, so we have to be careful. Have to be very, very careful. Um, what matters most is God's approval, Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent. Your version may say study to, to, to present or to show uh, yourself approved, not to man, but to God. That's what matters is God's approval. So I want to encourage you to ask yourself after your time of teaching, after your time of preaching, what would the Lord think of my preaching? Was it pleasing to him? Am I acceptable to him as a preacher of his word? So seek to have God's approval for your preaching and your teaching, and you'll need no one else's. Um, I want to say this. Um, well, I'll get to Second or First Corinthians in just a minute, but I want to, I want to say something else about constructive criticism. I know there's some who do not like it, who do not like um, the wisdom that comes from other people. Let me read this passage to you. Um, if you got your Bible, Psalm 29, and uh, and in fact, I used this verse last Sunday when we were when I was preaching, um, and this is kind of an introvert. Uh, inter, introduction to the, to the sermon. Proverbs 29, verse 1, He who is often reproved yet stiffens his neck will suddenly be broken beyond healing. There are some preachers who, their elders are saying, we need you to do this. You're you're this way. You're that way. Here, you, you keep saying this, or you keep going here. You, you keep circling back, or or nothing's really changing, or whatever. And a person who, who continues to be reproved yet refuses the reproving, um, is a prideful individual. And, and the Proverbs writer says that he continues to stiffen his neck and it's going to be suddenly broke and broken beyond healing. Uh, you've seen it. A person who refuses to change, they finally get so fed up with our, with the uh, uh, with other brethren coming up to them saying, hey, would you mind doing this? Or can, can we talk about this? Or, you know, you may be absolutely wrong in this occasion, but you refuse to change it, and you stiffen your neck to this idea of changing, uh, it says that you'll be broke beyond healing. Now, providentially, God will do that for you. Physically, no. This is a, this is a, um, this is a spiritual, spiritual assessment. You will be so hard and rigored that you're going to just finally break one day. So when, when, we, when we preach and teach, we, we want to have somebody who can offer suggestions and constructive criticism. In Acts 18, you know the age-old story of Priscilla and Aquila, that both of them, Didascalon, both taught um, Apollos the way of God more, more accurately. He knew everything but the baptism of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So, so he, needed to be, he needed to be took care of on that. And so, very simply, you saw how that took place. They taught they both taught him. They both taught him the way more accurately. And the old boy went out and taught everything accurately and was instrumental in the kingdom of Jesus in the first century. Um, Dr. Clarence Bass, professor emeritus at Bethel Theological Seminary, early in his ministry preached in, in, a, in a church in Los Angeles. 
and he thought that he had done quite well as he stood at the door greeting people as they left the sanctuary. And the remarks about his preaching were complimentary. That is, until a, a little old man <laughs> commented, you preached too long, right? We never heard that one before. But the professor wasn't phased by the remark, and especially in light of the many positive comments. You, you didn't preach loud enough. You know, you, you came, uh, you know, that was another one that came as, as a negative comment, and it was from um, the same little old man. So Dr. Bass thought it was strange that that man had come through the line twice. <laughs> and, um, but when the same man came through the line the third time, he exclaimed, you used too many big words. And so this called for some explanation. So Dr. Bass sought out a deacon who stood nearby, and he asked him, he said, do you see that little old man over there? Who is he? And the deacon replied, don't, don't pay any attention to him. All he does is go around and repeat everything he hears. <laughs> So as painful as a feedback like that can be to hear, uh, we all can benefit having a very uh, a Priscilla and Aquila, Acts eighteen twenty six, or a Paul, Galatians two one, who can offer wise, loving, constructive feedback regarding our teaching and preaching. The feedback that they provide can be discouraging at times, and the faint of heart um, won't won't hold that, or or the heart of heart they they're not going to hear that. But, very, but it's very helpful for you as a teacher and preacher to realize that you have room to improve. Garland Elkins, one of the smartest men that I've ever met, biblically speaking, he said, the greatest room in my house is the room of improvement. And uh, you wouldn't think that if you knew him, but that's probably why he was the way that he was. In fact, I'm sure that's why he was the way he was. You may, you may not have to ask anyone to help you with this, <laughs> as the story illustrates. Um, plenty, plenty of people over the years... Uh, have lovingly offered unsolicited feedback to me. It's interesting that people who do not preach are going to tell you how to preach. Um, but, uh, but, but there can be some wisdom in listening. Um, some may say you need to slow down. Um, I remember coming out of school, my mind geared with a thousand and a half memory verses, and um, you go out and, and my dad said, son, you're preaching on rapid fire. It's where you get out there and you're just preaching so fast and you're throwing verses out left and right. It's too much for brethren. It's like putting their mouth up to a fire hydrant. Um, it's not beneficial. So there may be times where we need to slow down, um, literally slow down our speech, give pause, cessation, allow people to think and to mull it over. The master of this that I, that I personally know is uh, Steve McCasson, preacher I had growing up. When I think of Jesus, I think of Steve McCasson, when it comes to being the master teacher. So, you know, you may hear things like you need to slow down. You may you may hear things like this is too much information for us to take down and to take note. Um, I don't even have to open my Bible because I know you're not going to be there very long. Um, the circumference of the earth you stated was actually the diameter. <laughs> that might be one. Um Somebody may say, you know, the verses that you cited were wrong, or I feel like that this is what Paul is saying, and you, you preach your whole sermon on what I think is false. Uh, you may hear things like uh, that your joke offended my friend. and um, Or somebody may say, you know, Irenaeus is not pronounced that way, you know, or whatever, or this was, mis this was misspelled in your PowerPoint. Uh, they may they may come to you as well and 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 praise praise the Lord for those people who who come to you and give you an honest critique. If nobody's giving you constructive criticism, I ask you, I I would encourage you to go find a person or two who are mature in the Lord, uh, who you think have good opinions about what God what God honored and and good gospel centered preaching is, 
and ask them to keep their mind and their eyes and their ears open while you're preaching and teaching for ways that you might improve. So I ask that they pray, they're prayerfully considering, you know, giving you constructive criticism and, your, and, and even critical feedback. You know, you might say to them, you know, I trust that with God's help, I can improve as a preacher and a teacher. And I certainly feel like that there's room for growth. I, I would love to get some uh, constructive criticism or feedback uh, when you think it would help me improve. And, you know, say, would you would you pray about helping me out in this way? You know, finding somebody, um, men and women alike, because you need to be well balanced in, in, in preaching to both 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 um, both groups. So this obviously is going to take some courage and it's going to take some humility to ask somebody to do this. If the person says yes, uh, be prepared to graciously receive some criticism and probably some humorous uh, feedback. Uh, That's just the way that it is. I want to go ahead and shift um, to uh, what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. This is kind of something that I've always done. I tell the brethren here that, that... I appreciate their comments. Uh, I'm going to very quickly get off the pedestal that that you may place me on, so don't take offense. Uh, I just personally do that to stay humble. But um, but one of the things that I do is I tell people that when they do give me feedback, one way or the other, I'm not looking for. I want their feedback, and I want I want to hear what they're thinking and where their heart is. For for one reason, not for personal gain, but. But realistically, I want to I want to hear what they're thinking. How is the preaching helping them? I want honest and good feedback, not for self gain, as I said, but for their gain. I want to know what they're thinking. What can I do better? How can I how can I fulfill you know Ephesians chapter four and verse eleven and verse twelve that the Lord gave the church all of these offices and these works for specifically the equipping, the building up of the church to equip the church for the work of the ministry. If my preaching doesn't equip people, then I'm failing at my job. Uh, And I need to be told that. My my job is not God-honoring. I need to be told that. Um, If it's the case, that that's true. So when when I'm listening for feedback, when I'm listening for for criticism, I'm listening to people. Excuse me, I don't know why I'm yawning today. I guess it's it's raining outside here. It is on Thursday. But anyway... um, but it's it's the idea that you want to you want to make sure that you're 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 benefiting them, uh, not for self glory, uh, but for their glory. In second in First Corinthians, I don't know why I keep going to Second Corinthians, but First Corinthians four, here here's how Paul discusses his his ministry, and they have questions about Paul, and especially in Second Corinthians, these chief apostles that are that are not that are not. Um, in fact, they're doing the opposite. They're they're hurling insults and accusations and persecutions at Paul. But he says in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 1, this is how one should regard us. And, and I would say, uh, listener, preacher, that this is how the church should regard you. And this is how you and I have to be. This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. So case in point, that's how they should see us. Servants and stewards. Verse 2. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. What is God looking for me, from me? How do I know that God is approved with what I'm doing? Number one, are you serving the brethren? Number two, are you are you wholeheartedly a good steward? You're not you're not wasting the brethren's time. You're not waiting till Saturday night. You're not stealing sermons from other people, preaching them verbatim. Uh, are you being a good steward of what God has given you? 
and are you a servant of Christ? And he says, it is required that servants be found faithful. What is God looking for for me? Home run sermons, uh, preaching bangers, preaching uh, dingers and all that? No, 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 no. He's not looking for an encore of people, you know, cheering your name uh, and holding you up high. He's looking for you to be faithful. How do I know that my preaching is God-honored? I'm a servant, I'm a steward, and I'm faithful. That's 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 it. That's it. But, but, but keep going with me in verse, verse 3. He says, But with me it is very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. For I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. So Paul is very specific. He says, I want to be for you. I want to be a steward. I want to be a servant. I want to be faithful. But I consider it a small thing when you begin to judge me and criticize me, especially in a bad way. Um, and he says, I don't even I don't even consider myself. I don't even critique myself. He says, as long as I'm a servant and I'm a good steward of what God has given me, in regards to preaching and teaching in this ministry that Paul was was all about. And as long as I'm faithful to God, that's my concern. So do we want critique? Yes. Do we want criticism that's beneficial? Yes. Do we want to hear feedback from churches uh, and from, from brethren who need to hear things? Yes, yes, yes. But don't mull that over too long or you'll quit the church and you'll quit preaching altogether. Quit looking for something to encourage you in regards to your worship to the church, worship to God in the church, that is. Uh, find encouragement, find edification elsewhere. Find it from other people, find it from other venues. You're not there to perform. You're there to be a servant of God, of Christ Jesus. You're to be a steward of the mystery of the gospel, and you are to be faithful in what you're doing. We, we need to step off our pedestals that we may be on. As I've said before in this podcast, the pulpit upholds the word of God, not the man. Not the man, only the word. So we need to slide out of the way, get out of the way, let God's word do its work, and it will. So be be a servant of Christ, be a steward of the gospel, and be found faithful, and God will bring us home. May God bless you in your preaching and teaching of his word.